It's time for the PowerMizzou.com podcast with interviews and analysis of your Missouri Tigers. Now, here's your host, Gabe DeArmond. Welcome back to the PowerMizzou.com podcast. After a week off for spring break, we are back and we're going to wrap up basketball season uh, on both sides, but we're going to start on the women's side with, uh, I, I assume most of you have probably heard of our guest, Sophie Cunningham, joining us from Minneapolis, we're uh, right back into basketball activities. So, Sophie, for, first of all, thanks for joining us. And for all the fans that don't know, uh, tell them exactly what you're doing up there tonight. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. But um, tonight I will be in the three-point competition um, here up in Minneapolis. So I'm really excited to, to represent uh, Mizzou and myself. And that basically it works. You're you're teamed up. Are you competing against all the women, and then you face the men's champion, or is it a team situation? Yeah. So we um, will go against uh, women, and then at the very end, whoever wins it will go against the the guy who wins it for the for the men's team. So um, it's kind of a competition within, but then we're going against each other as well at the very end. I think last I heard, the, the SEC hadn't filled out its like three-on-three -three, uh, team uh, that Jordan Geist is playing on this week up there in Minneapolis. Have they contacted you about, about filling in yet? <laughs> no, but I did get contacted for the uh, dunking contest, so that'll be Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that'll be great. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so we want to go kind of chronologically here with you, and we'll get to obviously next week's going to be a big week for you with, with the draft coming up, but just – if somebody had told freshman in high school Sophie Cunningham what the next eight years were going to be like, I mean, would you have believed kind of everything that's happened over these last eight years? Uh, honestly, no. I think uh, being at Mizzou and uh, just the atmosphere and how people have uh, just accepted me and my team, uh, I think that's the biggest um, uh Thing that I'm just so wowed about. I, I think the records are super cool, and I'm not taking away from that because uh, that is a huge accomplishment that I had on my list of, of things. I didn't even know a lot about uh, some of the records that I broke, but uh, I'm glad I did. Um, but just the way that the community and, and really the whole state of Missouri has embraced me, um, I just am forever grateful for that. I know after uh, kind of your last game, you, you talked about, you know, it kind of starting to, to hit you that it was over. Have you kind of taken some some, some more time over the last couple of weeks to kind of reflect on, you know, the last four years at, at Missouri and what are kind of uh, kind of your takeaways? Um, you know, it's funny because I thought I would have a little bit of a break, but I've actually just been nonstop. So I still haven't had uh, a time to really reflect on everything that I've done. Um, and honestly, I don't know if I if I will until I'm I'm fully done with basketball, which is kind of crazy. And I hope that's a long time from now. But um, I just know that what we had uh, the past four years uh, is something really special. And um, I, I told you guys just that I, I truly do believe that um, I was just a stepping stone in in the program of the women's basketball team. And I and I know one day that we will get a national championship. But I'm just really excited that I could be uh, a part of it. I know because you're a Columbia native, you'll know who these people are. So I, I can, I, I've said, I think your career is, can be a little bit like Brad Smith's career was at Missouri. Like Brad wasn't the guy that got Missouri football to the mountaintop, but he was the one that put him on the map and, and he, Chase Daniel took that next step. So how it, it's impossible to ask somebody like assess your legacy, but what comes next is is really important for this program, and I think how people look back on on even your time here is that fair? 
Oh, yeah, I think that's so fair. And um, it's kind of crazy because people had to come before me to even get to where I was. Uh, and, and I'm so thankful for that. And so it is going to be very interesting to see um, how these recruits who, who are very well-known recruits, how they come in and, and, and see how they produce. And I think they're going to be just fine. And I think they have a lot of help with um, our coaches and, and how they coach, which is awesome. Uh, but I really am anxious and excited to see what uh, gets done next year. So, Sophie, you mentioned that you kind of haven't had uh, really a break since the season ended. And, uh, for people who don't know, that the WNBA draft is next week, and then the season starts in, like, early May, so it's a really, really quick turnaround. Just kind of walk yeah. us through kind of uh, what, what the next steps are and, and kind of what you've been doing to kind of, you know, try to shift gears from, from college to pro so quickly. Uh, yeah, so um, I think the biggest thing that I have to – uh, maintain is uh, my shot and I have to get in even better shape. The, the WNBA is a very fast league and uh, you just have to be ready to go. And so I think the next couple of weeks, I, um, they still haven't announced who's going to be invited uh, to the draft up in New York city, just because they don't know who's coming out uh, of the junior class yet. And so um, I, I think I have a good shot of it. Uh, and if I don't, we'll still have a, a big party in Columbia for people to come to. Um, but, yeah, so we if you get invited, you're going to go up on Monday. Uh, the draft is Wednesday. And then um, when you get drafted, you go to uh, that team that drafts you for about four or five days to just do media stuff and kind of get to know people. And so um, after that, I'll be back in Columbia uh, for a couple of weeks, and then I'll be shipped off to wherever I go for, for training camp. So it is a very quick turnaround. You don't get an off season, And um, so, yeah, it's, it's up from there. Can you compare kind of the process? A, a lot more fans are familiar with how the NBA draft works. Look, there's two rounds, but there's mm -hmm. 30 teams. So in the WNBA, there's 12 teams. I mean, what's the likelihood? Of, you know, how many rounds do they have? And, and what's the likelihood that you know, first and second round draft picks are immediately contributing for teams, things like that. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, it's crazy because you would think that the first draft picks and the second draft picks would be contributing. But honestly, last year, only nine of the first draft picks um, from the WNBA draft stayed on that team. Wow! And so when I say it is a very competitive league and only 12 people stay one for each team. Um, I'm not lying to you. And so I have my work cut out for me. And I think that uh, my work ethic and, and my toughness and just that competitive spirit I have uh, will really help me. But I still, I mean, I still have to work on things too. And so um, it is a lot different than the, than the men's draft uh, just because they, they keep a lot of those players. But with, with our draft, it is uh, very, very competitive. I know this is maybe probably getting a little bit ahead of what you're looking at with the, with the draft coming up so soon, but I know a lot of WNBA players also go overseas and, and play overseas during mm -hmm. kind of the offseason. Is that something that you've looked into at all or that, that you might be planning on doing? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it would be silly of me not to just because that is where we make all of our money overseas. Um, the I think they're trying to figure out the equal pay here. Uh, for the WNBA, but we make our money uh, here in the United States from endorsements, uh, which um, I, I hope I have a good shot of, of that. But I, all of our money is overseas, and all the money is actually in Russia and China. So <laughs> I, I stayed home my whole life, and now I'm getting shipped off to China. So we'll see how that goes. But <laughs> How much uh, – I think over four years here, I mean, you said when, when you came there were a few hundred fans, and now 
women's basketball mm-hmm. is something that Missouri fans follow. So how much do you talk to some of these these players from other schools and maybe players you might already know who are in the NBA? How do you go about growing this game even more than, than where it is right now so that it does become more of a, a mainstream thing for casual fans? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that the biggest thing that um, my mindset is on is having the nation know my story. I know Columbia, Missouri, and pretty much all of Missouri and and the SEC, they know my story now. But now it's me having to tell the whole nation about my story. And I just think that um, a lot of people try to compare the NBA and the WNBA uh, so much against each other. But it's it's two different sports. We're so fundamental, and uh, they're very athletic, uh, the men's. Team, but our, our game is really fun to watch, too, and I think that if people really get to know you personally and and you kind of get that connection and you get out in the community and show uh, your personality, then they're going to want to follow you. They just want something positive that their kids or even them, they can they can look up to. And so I feel like if you can be personable with people, then they'll, they'll end up following you. So it's a big task, and it's not just going to be me, but I think uh, I talk to a lot of people in my class, and uh, we're going we're gonna to have a fun group. Well, I think the best news for you is the first step for the nation knowing your story is being on this podcast. I mean, <laughs> we need at least like five hands to count the number of people that listen every week. So. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> Sophie, I uh, want to go back to something you said a, a couple minutes ago. Then you mentioned, you know, you've been playing in Columbia kind of your whole life. You know, grew up here, played at Rockbridge, played at Missouri, and now you're going to mm-hmm. be playing, you know, somewhere in another city in the WNBA, and then another country internationally. Is that is that something that you know is a little nerve wracking, or is that something you've kind of embraced and you're looking forward to to kind of get out and see more of the world? Oh gosh, um, I think it's both. I think I have such a great support system here, and uh, I love Missouri. Uh, and I'll always be a, a proud supporter. Um, but I really do think for me to grow and for me to do what I really want to do, that I have to get outside my comfort zone. And um, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be really hard, and it's probably going to be very emotional at some points. But um, I'm very excited for for that growth, and, and I can't get it any other way. And so, uh, yeah, I think it's all of the above, and I think the international experience, if I decide to do that, um, will will be a test for me too. Uh, but a lot of people also love it, and so I'm really excited, but uh, I, I always know that I'll have my home there in Columbia. we got a few more minutes here with Sophie Cunningham, and I want to just kind of get some big-picture things with you. When you look back over your four years here, what is there one game or, or one you know accomplishment, anything that, that stands out to you kind of above everything else? Um, yeah, I think just the – the Tennessee game last year was amazing. I, I mean, it was a record-breaking crowd, and um, we, uh, Tennessee's a very tough team. Yeah. Oh, one sec. Hi. Uh, we're good. Yeah, thank you, though. Sorry, housekeeping house, uh, just came in, so oh, sorry. Perfect. <laughs> um, but I just think that Tennessee game was so awesome. It came down to the wire, and um, just to have the, the community there, I think that's what made it the, the best. Um, game that I've ever played and it was like my childhood dreams came true that day and but then of course the the South Carolina games you can never forget those two just because the history of that and uh, I'll forever remember those ones too yeah we we might cut you some slack and wait till your playing days are completely over to ask you uh, the what you really think about South Carolina but kind of on the flip side is there anything you change over the last four years I mean do you have do you leave Missouri with a regret at all um, no, I don't. Um, I, I think 
uh, I've given my heart and soul to to that program and, and to Columbia. Um, and so, no, I don't have any regrets. And I think my, my only thing that I, I wish I could have been a part of was a championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not regretting anything. And I think that there will be a championship very soon in, in that program. And like I said, I'm just happy to be a part of it. But I would have, I would have loved to cut down some nets, but hopefully I still have some of that in my future. Kind of along that same uh, big picture storyline, uh, you know, I know you kind of came in and started playing right away. And I, and I think, you know, people kind of think of you as just kind of Sophie this whole time across these last four years. But you mentioned after your last game that, you know, you'd kind of grown a lot and that, that you know, you, you said like Robin had to put up with me my freshman year when I was a different person. Mm-hmm. How just how have you grown? How have you seen yourself kind of develop over these past four years? Yeah, I've always relied um, a lot on my sister's leadership. And when I got there, she she was a junior, redshirt junior, and uh, she took care of everything. But the more that those upperclassmen left, you, I always I always led by example, and that that was my thing. I, I led by example on the court, and um, I set the tone every day in practice. But when those older people leave, you have to make sure that your your freshmen are in check and your sophomore and junior. You have to make sure your whole team is where you need it to be. So I think that. Um, I am just more thankful for the coaching staff and everything that they are about uh, and what that culture is about. Um, but I, I'm just thankful for having to grow up and mature and take care of other people, not just making sure that I was okay and that I was ready to go for the game because uh, that would not work my junior and senior year. I had to make sure everyone was ready to go. I want to kind of wrap up with you, get back to tonight. So who is the, uh, who's the big competition for you in this, uh, in this contest? Oh, man, they all are. They're all super good players. And um, uh, some familiar names that you guys would know would be Macy Morris from Kentucky, um, Danny Williams, who uh, was at Texas A&M, but then transferred to Texas. And so uh, it's been really cool to kind of get to know them off the court. They all thought that uh, – didn't really know what to think of me at first, but they're like, oh, gosh, I'm like you're actually really cool and nice. I'm like, well, I tried telling you guys that, but no one would listen to me, you know. So – um, no, but they're, I mean, they're all sharpshooters and there's a lot of people from, uh, different teams that we don't play. And, uh, I'm telling you, it's gonna, it's gonna be a fun night. I'm not, I want to win the thing, but I'm also just trying to enjoy the experience as well. Okay. So you touched on it. So these, these girls get to know you now kind of view you differently. So I want to ask you, are you a different person on the basketball court than you are off of it? Oh my gosh. Yes. I, I'm a, <laughs> a bad loser and I hate to lose, uh, but I'm just competitive, and I think that for for guys, it'd be so normal to be like, oh, yeah, he, he's a competitive, but he, he's cool off the court. But for women, there's just like a, a standard that you have to meet, and I don't think that I meet that because I, uh, yeah, I'm just different on the court, and then I'm, I'm a different person off the court. And so uh, I think I'm kind of raising the ceiling a little bit, especially for people in the Midwest who haven't really seen that competitive spirit from a girl. Uh, but I'm all for it. I don't care about the backlash of, I'm dirty. I'm a bully. Whatever. Uh, I'm competitive, and at the end of the day, I'm not changing. Did uh, Did Coach Pinchin ever uh, ever tell you to cool it, or did she? I I always said like I I thought she probably loved it because even if the publicity <laughs> is like Missouri's got a dirty player, like it's publicity, and that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, she never told me to cool it. Um, but I mean, there's always things that I can clean up on too, and so yeah. I, I'm always willing to to grow and learn um, what I can do better. Um, but I think the the worst part that she, yeah, it's publicity, but um, I think the worst thing about her is she knows who I am and she knows uh, 
what high character that um, I try to have at least. And so um, I think she kind of sometimes took it more personal than I did because she just hated that people thought that. And um, at the end of the day, uh, the people who know me, they know I just love to compete and I have a very fierce um, mentality when I'm out on the court. And so I think sometimes she actually took it harder than I did. <laughs> well, Sophie, good luck tonight. I know a lot of Missouri fans will be watching. And then uh, then hopefully next week you're in New York City. Uh, but if not, I'm sure there are a lot of people who would like to uh, <laughs> attend a watch party in Columbia. Absolutely. I think it will be awesome. But thank you guys for having me. All Thanks, right. Sophie. Have a good one. Sophie Cunningham, the all-time leading scorer in Missouri women's basketball history. And, like, I think this year for her was very similar to this year for Drew Locke. And, look, ultimately, Sophie in the ranks of women's basketball is ranks higher than Drew does in football. But they were these these – players who'd been here for a long time and they almost had like a year long just going away celebration and, mm-hmm. and I think really both probably left a little on the table but it went pretty well yeah I think Drew Drew's situation may be a little different just because I think he he probably came into the season having more to, to yeah. do to kind of cement a legacy uh, and and you know win totally all the, the fan support I, I don't I think you know to a to a point certainly fans wanted to you know, see the program take the next step under Sophie, with Sophie Cunningham. But I think also she could not have, there was a lot of people who she had brought to the program who, you know, she could, she could have had a terrible year and they still would have embraced her. Uh, so, so yeah, but I mean, it was, it was cool. There's been, you know, there, I've been around for a few of the, the kind of milestones along the way, her senior day, her last game. And, and there's, there's, oh, it's always been cool to see how much, you know, kind of the local community supports her and then she'll certainly be missed. And the ultimate thing, any player wants to say is I left it better than I found it. There, mm-hmm. There's no question. So real quick before we move over and talk a little uh, men's basketball tournament and stuff. So there are 12 WNBA teams. So we're just going to go and I'm going to let you start. We're going to name WNBA teams until we can't name anymore. And we do not have the internet open. We're just, I, I'll be shocked if we get halfway. Oh, yeah. So, All right. I know I know about the Minnesota Lynx, but it could be the Minneapolis Lynx. No, it I'm is sure. the Minnesota right, Lynx. Lynx. I know that. There we uh, go. I I believe that the New York Liberty is still a team. Oh, I, I'm glad you got that, that one. I wouldn't have got take... that one. Oh, okay. uh, no, I, I know another one. The Los Angeles Sparks. Oh, yeah. Them. yeah. There is. I want to say it's the Atlanta Mystics. Okay, maybe. I, that, I we're going to have to look that, that up afterwards. So you got any more? I think I got one more. The Mercury. And I think it's in Phoenix, but I don't know where. But that would right, make sense because the thermometer. The yeah. 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 Uh, I, there is a team in Seattle. Seattle Storm, maybe? I, I don't know. There's a team in Seattle. So we'll count that for half. We've got okay. five and a half. Oh, I'm man. out, man. I like. I don't have any. I gotta think. I, I don't think I do either. Which Does Connecticut have a team? Disappointing. I would I guess like that would make it, that would make a lot of sense uh, with the kind of the fan base that has built up there. I, I'm I'm disappointed a little bit, but also I mean. Uh, no, I mean we got pretty close. Yeah. Honestly, if you asked me to name NBA teams, I'm not sure I could get much over halfway. <laughs> yeah. But all right, so. Uh, Men's season, like, I don't know. I assume we wrapped that up a couple weeks ago on the podcast. Like, mm-hmm. it's been over for a while. But just uh, Final Four now, like, honestly, this is the first time I can ever remember watching the Final Four where I go in without a team that I go, okay, as long as this team doesn't win it, 
I'm happy. Like, I'd be fine with any of these four teams winning it. I yeah. wouldn't object to any of it. Yeah, it's definitely some some fresh blood. I think, I think you know, the public's kind of split. I think a lot of people, like, you know, feel like, you know, especially the more casual fans are maybe a little disappointed, like you didn't get some of the star power of, of Zion and the, the right. loaded Duke or Kentucky teams. But I think, you know, a lot of a lot of us who follow basketball more closely, you know, it's kind of nice to have some fresh blood in there. And, and I agree. I, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I feel... I, I, Part of my resentment toward Auburn, I will readily admit, is the fact that I picked them to lose in the first round, and they <laughs> should have. They absolutely should oh, yeah. have. Uh, but I, I also, I, I don't know. I've, I've not been the biggest Bruce Pearl fan since you know this whole right. stuff came about. But, but yeah, it'd, it'd still be, it'd still be kind of fun. I, I mean, they're fun to watch. But yes, that's uh, what I was gonna say. Like, I'm not a Bruce Pearl fan, and I think it's easy to make the argument he shouldn't have a job, mm-hmm. but I, that's the most fun basketball team to watch. It, I can't remember the last time I enjoyed watching a college basketball team play more than Auburn. Yeah, yeah, they run it gun for sure, and they, yeah, they, they, they're fun to watch, and it, you know, it's also kind of, you know, you, you, you want them to win something for Chumo Kiki, feel bad right. for what happened to him. So yeah, no, I, I mean, really, bottom line is, I would, yeah, I would be fine with with any of the outcomes. It's, you know, it's fun to see like three coaches in the Final Four for the first time, and and yeah. one team in the fir- in there for the first two time, two teams, two teams in there for the first time, yeah. yeah. So, and like Chris Beard, Texas Tech, that would be an amazing story, like. That's it. You don't go to a Final Four at Texas Tech. Oh, yeah, no. And Tom Izzo, like, it was interesting last week. He said, like, he needs another national title to kind of validate his career for himself. I mean, he doesn't, (laughs) but another one, like, there's not very many people who have won two. And that takes Michigan State, that takes Tom Izzo from being the Atlanta Braves, which was really good and never only finished at once to, you know, now truly in the conversation with some of these other guys. And, the one storyline I think is being overblown is like the the amazingness of Virginia losing to a 16 and then winning it. The na- no, the amazing part is that they lost to a 16. <laughs> they are supposed to win the national title this year. So if they do, good job. But it's not like this great comeback story. Yeah, I mean, it sort of is. Like, I get it. It's it's It was obviously going to be the storyline, like, like, no matter what, coming into the tournament. But to not worry about that. Yeah, but then they almost, then they were losing to a, a 16 yeah. seed again, and I thought they might just seize up and quit. I like, def- it definitely crossed my mind. I think I texted, I'm not sure if I texted you this, but I I texted somebody in the middle of that Virginia game when Gardner Webb was up like 12. I said, like, if they lose this game, I think you have to fire Tony Bennett. Yes, you did say that. To me. And, like, uh, they probably wouldn't have, but they, maybe. They wouldn't have, I don't think, but I think a lot of people, I mean, like, yeah, you would almost like, would have had to. Like, I, I don't think they could ever recover from that. That would have been worse than Bryce Drew going 0 19. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yes, anyway, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's you know, solid storylines all around. I, I have no, you know, no. Yeah, team like you said that I I really don't want to yeah. see. I, I I think that what Chris Beard has done is really incredible. I mean, he if, like you said, Texas Tech is is I mean, a very low 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 level power five like, job as far as like the desirability. second worst job in the Big Twelve. I think. Yeah. So I, I I think that's incredible, and and it's not like you know all of a sudden he's he's bringing in these you know superstar recruits right. or anything. I mean these guys are way under the radar, so it's it's cool. I feel like you know that's one of those things that that maybe gives some hope to fans of of the teams who aren't always there, uh, right? Know. And so we get to repick it now. So what do you think happens this weekend? Uh, I think I think Virginia beats Auburn. Although I mean I you know Auburn if Auburn shoots 
well, they they can beat anyone. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like one, eventually that has to slow down a little bit. And two, like I don't think you can speed up Virginia. Even as as good at Auburn is at, at speeding people up, I don't I've not seen anyone successfully speed Virginia up. Yeah. The the way to beat them is really just to have athletes who can score against them even in the half court like like Zion and RJ Barrett. So I think uh, I think Virginia handles Auburn. I think the other game will be a really, really good game. I've got Michigan State. Uh, just because I don't know, I think you hit a certain point here where, and and it always happens. They've been there, yeah, and 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 you hit a certain point where like these teams to, to win a national title, you know, the stat always gets thrown about. You need to be like top twenty in both offense and defense. And Virginia Tech, or I mean, sorry, Texas Tech is not quite good enough offensively, according to like the you know the the uh, past uh, champions. So I, I got Michigan State over Virginia in the final. I've got Michigan State over Auburn in the final because. If I can t- if I can pick one thing out of these four teams that I want on my team in this final four, it's Tom Izzo. Yeah. Like he's the he yeah, I agree. He, he he has Michigan State like that program doesn't get the Kentucky, Duke, Kansas level recruits all they get some of them, mm-hmm. but not all of them. But they're on a level with that program. And then I've got Auburn because Virginia's escaped twice. Mm-hmm. And Auburn has like three Carson Edwards. Yeah. Right. I mean, which, by the way, like to also, me, no, no matter what happens this weekend, yeah. this tournament's about Carson Edwards. Yeah. That second half against Virginia, I've never seen anything like that. You say Auburn has three Carson Edwards, but they also kind of have no Carson Nobody Edwards has because Carson he's Edwards. unbelievable. Yes. Right. But I mean, like it, Bryce Brown can get that hot. Yeah. Jared Harper can get that hot. They they have dudes all over the floor. Uh, I think they beat Virginia, and I don't really base that on anything other than <laughs> I think it'd be fun to see. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, – that's happening this weekend, and then basketball season will officially be over. We will be fully into – I mean, some teams are already fully – most teams are already into fully into recruiting, mm-hmm. but um, we'll, we'll get more on that. I mean, really maybe not till the end of the month because, truthfully, like this sounds like an excuse that you guys don't care about. To have any idea what's happening with any college basketball recruit now, the only way you find out is to go to AAU tournaments and speak to them in person because none of their phones function. Yeah, they're, they they are the most phones broken per capita of any group in, in the American population. They're like the Yetis, you know. They like people say they exist, but uh, we don't have any actual proof. But uh, we'll be obviously following up on that um, basketball recruiting, football, black and gold game is next week. Like we're kind of at the point in spring football where we're out of things to ask and talk about. Like you yeah. can't ask about position battles and things like that. Right. I mean, we've talked to everyone on the team, I think. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. At least if we haven't, we'll, we will have by the end of next week. So yeah, I don't know. There's, there's occasionally, we'll, we'll talk about this more next week. I'm sure there's a few things you can look for in the black and gold game that, that could be interesting or telling, but for the most part, it is uh, in the words of Barry Odom, like watching paint dry. He, I, that is funny, though. So I don't know if you were there when he said it after the last practice. But when he said, hey, I think the spring game is going to be really exciting. Was, like, oh, yeah. clearly, somebody told him in the last 12 months, hey, don't tell everybody this thing's going to suck and not to come to it. Right? I yeah. mean, somebody straightened him out on that. Yeah, that was that was great. We we really, uh, we also, I mean, and how could you not? We really ran with that one. I mean, there was oh, yeah. the number of paint-drying tweets during the game was at an all-time high. Yes, Um so NFL draft, uh, I have applied for credentials. We'll talk about that more in the next couple of weeks about some of the Missouri guys and all that. I feel like we've already broken that down a lot. We're trying to get Robin Pinchton and or Conzo Martin for next week. Uh, trying to get Jim Sterk in a couple of weeks to uh, Jim Sterk, opinion columnist in 
Sure. Everywhere now. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. What, why Power Mizzou can't have a Jim Stark commentary? <laughs> what happened? I, I, I think because we're a uh, recruiting service. Oh, good call. Yeah. Good call. So, anyway, um, I don't know. We've wasted enough of your time, I think. Uh, Sophie Cunningham, again, three-point shooting contest tonight. It's on either ESPN or ESPN2. I can't remember which one, but yeah. it is televised. And you, then we got the uh, the three-on-three tournament right. on Twitter. Cassius <laughs> played in that last year, right? Yeah, Cassius Robertson played last year. Jordan Geist is playing this year. So last, does the SEC really not have three guys so, yet? So last I had heard, and this has probably changed by now because the, I think it starts tomorrow. Last I had heard, they basically he was the only one who had accepted uh, they, they like sent out a list to a bunch of people and like I, I, at least as far as I saw publicly, he was the only one who had like been like he's accepted Jordan, the offer to play. Jordan guy's pretty used to so, going one on everybody. He this might year, go. So well, he might just, just go one it. on three. He could probably beat the swack. I mean, he can just pretend that Jeremiah Tillman's already fouled out. Yeah. And that his other teammate is injured, and he can just go play one on three. Yeah. So that might have to happen. <laughs> All right. So got that football practice this afternoon we'll have some stuff uh for you guys tonight so thanks for uh thanks to sophie for joining us from uh hotel up in minneapolis busy week for her and uh thanks to you guys for listening